0: And now,
1: weighing in, out of the blue
0: corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other side, he weighs in. in. From the red
1: corner, Big
0: Sean McCarthy. Nice. Well, hello, everyone. Back with Weighing In. We are here for you, and we just had another fight night from Abu Dhabi and Fight Island. And so we decided, Josh, I, and Podcast Dave, that we would actually stay up and do another show for you and talk about some of the great fights that were there on fight island if you are a new subscriber we want to thank you for being a subscriber here on weighing in and if you're an old subscriber thank you very much for sticking with us we hope you're being entertained we hope you're getting good information from us and we want to thank you for building our podcast if you Check us out on YouTube. Give us that thumbs up if you can. That helps us with our numbers. We are growing exponentially, and it's pretty cool that that is happening. You can catch us, as I said, on YouTube. You can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and I'm not going to say it, but a lot of other podcast platforms too. If you like our show and you want to kind of be part of it, you can get a t-shirt. We've got a very cool new t-shirt. And new logo for our podcast. You can go to ProWrestlingTees.com. And if you go there, click on Weighing In. Look at the picture that's got the good-looking guy and the ugly guy. You figure out which is which. I can tell you right now, but it's not hard to figure out. And then when you hit that, you're going to see a list of the shirts. we got four shirts there for you. One of the new ones. If you like one of them, you put in the code BIRTHDAY. Because we have had our one-year anniversary. And with BIRTHDAY... You will get 20% off on your t-shirt. So, Josh, what's up, dude?
1: Uh, that was a very big word coming from you exponentially, huh? Exponentially. Thank you very, very much. Very good. Very nicely done. Uh, nicely done. Growing all the time. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> that's a word podcast they would never be able to use.
2: Josh, just doesn't even know the word being past X. <laughs> he heard X and he's like, That's all I could understand. <laughs>
1: uh you see, started,
2: started scrolling through good scrolling a, through pictures of girls yeah. on your phone i'm
1: not <laughs> so bad at like you know spelling and reading and stuff but math is not my forte as we've seen it, by the way did uh we dave what? dave uh did a uh kind of a blooper slash highlight reel slash like uh video for us and it's uh on our ig page and uh it's on the ig tv correct
2: yeah but it's also on youtube
1: it's on youtube it- as well was is that so the one that's funny.
0: got the false thing of you trying no. to say that I said curling is re- <laughs> like wrestling or something? Man, that was bad. Sorry,
1: but it's it's only facts that we're speaking around
0: here, oh, buddy. We're only speaking facts oh, around oh, here.
1: Right, you dude. tried to compare curling to
0: wrestling in a, as a sport. Uh, no, score. no, I did not. Just, but you put it, it up there very well. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you kudos. It was, you freaking tried to pull that off very well. Yeah, <laughs> we call that hooking. Where I'm Hooking. from, uh, I hooked you into this
1: horrible conversation, and then tried to use your words against you. Uh, <laughs> it worked actually in this highlight reel. Anyways, you guys got to check it out. It's pretty funny. Um, a lot of moments throughout the year that we've had, and Dave's been able to throw together. Song your dong, song, song your dong, I got it. <laughs> dong your song, dong your so, <laughs> song, song oh, your dong. Was it was so many dong dong song. <laughs> we went through it all. It was we had a. It was a great. It was great, man. I was just I was watching I probably watched it about six, seven times. It <laughs> was so funny. I just really I just realized though, uh, that was only like a fraction of of how much I make fun of podcast Dave. <laughs> but it was great.
2: I, I had, actually took I actually like had more. My girl mm-hmm. was like, You can't put all them in because then it just sounds like Josh is ragging on you the yeah. whole time. It's like, yeah, so like, wow. I oh.
1: Well, yeah, and people, I'm sure, just enjoy it, though, because, you know, they. I think some of them now are starting to understand my pain, you know, with dealing with you oh. all these years. But uh, it's been fun. I got to tell you, the show has been a blast. I've been having a great time. John and I seem to get along really well. We're trying to find a producer we get along with, but um, it's been great. <laughs> we, we've had a blast. Podcast yes, Dave have. is absolutely amazing at his job. He's not such a bad person either. And uh, yeah, man, this has been great. I can't believe it's already been a year, John.
0: It's kind of crazy. It did yeah. go fast, yeah. Which only says that you know what? It's like that downhill. You know, you've crested and I'm, and you're picking up speed on the downhill when you're me because you're just getting older and the days go faster. <laughs> it's like they're not even twenty four hours anymore. A day's probably like right now. A day's probably like twenty two hours, maybe twenty one and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Set, se- yeah, se- yeah. Uh, tw- That's what it's like when you start getting age. my age because the days just go faster because they're Time's running out, man. Oh man.
1: So uh let's let's uh, you know it's funny. I was uh texting back and forth with your wife today
0: and she was telling me you're playing golf. I was playing golf today. It was so freaking hot and humid, <laughs> it almost killed us. <laughs> oh
1: man. So the humidity is just on point in Tennessee.
0: Oh, right now yes. it is uh just think of playing golf with your with your wet jujitsu gi over your face. <laughs> That's about what it's like, man.
1: Sounds amazing. I was in Tennessee like back in 96, 97 um, in August, just so happened to be in August. It was the first time I'd ever seen fireflies. Absolutely. Oh, they're cool. They're so cool. They're so they cool. Are. Um, Yeah, it was the first time I'd ever seen fireflies. I actually drove from northern Idaho all the way from through Montana, Wyoming, down to Colorado, and then Colorado through Kansas. all the, Anyways, drove all the way down. It was awesome. Great little road trip. Biggest thunderstorms I've ever seen coming through Kansas. Oh, yeah. Through Kansas. And then when I got to Tennessee, um, great little, uh, I stayed at a friend's uh, aunt's house or whatever, with, with, obviously with my friend. But uh, great little, like one of those old, nice Victorian houses with the wraparound porch, beautiful view. It's oh, absolutely amazing. I loved it. I loved it there. The downtown was really nice, really uh, concerts everywhere. It's so funny. On a Wednesday night in downtown Nashville, they do these things. I don't know, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's Wednesday night is they have live bands that come down and play on this huge stage downtown people run around with like pony kegs on their backpack and backpacks and just selling <laughs> beers for like a dollar or two i mean obviously the pricing's probably changed since 96 yeah, but uh it was probably. amazing and some of the some of the groups that i saw that night is so funny that i remember their names which is weird cuz i don't remember a whole lot um is <laughs> is um back then nickelback nickelback played um what's it called goo Goo dolls they played and it was all free it was just downtown on a big stage it was absolutely amazing oh yeah there was there was another big name group that played ah gosh i can't remember i want to say it was no doubt with gwen stefani i think it was no doubt the three of them all played um on that stage. i was i was in shock i was like like a couple months later they just ended up being really big which is pretty cool um Good times, man. I, I I'm I'm gonna get out to your place and take a look at it, man. You live on a lake. How I nice told you, man. I know, I know.
0: Why don't you just drive down with me after the show? We'll figure it out. We'll figure <laughs> it out. I don't know about July and August. <laughs> yeah. and it's a little no, hot. It's humid. the best, man. Oh, and, you man. know, I, as bad as I, I'm making it sound, yeah. With you know the heat, it is so nice. And the, there's something about I don't know what it is. We get to these giant thunderhead clouds they're yes. just giant billowing white and it's the blue sky and the white and the heat and it's just beautiful so really enjoy it
1: yeah you know i've, I've found that old people really like the heat because it keeps their joints loose <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you know what
0: thing. yeah you, it's because you can actually go i'm okay i'm yeah. sweating my ass off but i, I i'm warm pretty yeah. good i can yeah.
1: move your bones and muscles yeah. still move oh, yeah dude.
0: yeah you it's
1: bad. Yeah, you're not moving to
0: Colorado. Oh, soon. hell no, man! No, absolutely not. My wife talked about moving to Alaska at one point, and I said that is not no. going to freaking happen. No, I, I would look like a two by four. <laughs> absolutely <Stiff>. not.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's talk about the fights, man.
0: What'd you think, man? I'll tell you, like, I think look, I am so impressed. Mm-hmm. I, I, we, I talked earlier to you about you know cater and and how good he was and different things but god damn i'm impressed with dan he definitely lost the fight no doubt about it that some bitch has got balls that fucking clank because he is just tough as hell he keeps coming forward he's trying everything he can you know you can see just look at the damage you know that's inflicted between you know what cater had and what dan had big difference And, and the judges were right in giving it to cater but god you got to look at dan and just go man i am so impressed with a guy that is just he's got that junkyard dog mentality of i do not quit i will not stop i will find a way and you think that eventually man you know he's gonna land one of those shots and he's got a chance you know it didn't happen for him you know great fight for cater but you got to give it up it took two to freaking uh tango in there and game made it a fight.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, he definitely did. I thought I was very impressed with. Um, he was he was starting to set in in the first round his rhythm a little bit, and then Cater hit him with some good shots, and it kind of set the tempo back. And he was getting a little too comfortable. Cater was like, "Hey, I'm going to put you in check a little bit." I had Cater win in the first round. You get into that second round. Uh Dan started landing some really good shots and blooded him up in the nose. I think he, uh it looked like his nose was yeah. I, I don't want to say it was broken, but you know, it, it started yeah. blood, it started blooding up. But I'm sure most fighters have a little swelling on the nose like that across the bridge. So um <laughs> but he blooded him up a little bit. He landed some good clean shots. It looked like he was changing the tempo of the fight. But then as Cater, yeah he was trying. As Cater went back to the, his corner, his corner said, Okay, look, y- y- the second round was close. This is what we talked about last week. Corners, be very upfront with your fighter. And you saw the change right off the bat from Cater. He came out and just set the tempo because his corner told him the first round, you definitely won. The second round was really close. I can't tell you yes or no. And he said, You just, you, you did well, but you got to just input. have more output. You got to yeah. have more output. You had, you, that's all it was. When you threw, you landed. He gave him a couple little things to work on. That was brilliant cornering. And then you saw it from the fighter. From Cater, came out, touch, 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 boom, touch, 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 boom, and his takedown defense was on par right off the bat. He stuffs, you know, the he was able to stuff takedowns. Once you stop one, and then two, it changes the dynamic of the game. A hundred percent. I've talked about this before, you know, um, you know, when guys that fight Tony Ferguson, <clears throat> like I have, like once you get like a funky roll away, or you get someone that stuffs your takedown, anything along those lines. It changes the dynamic of how you approach the fight. Well, shit, there goes kind of my game plan a little bit. He's already got this figured out. Like this is what he is must must have been expecting. And um, Cater's had to deal with that, I'm sure, because he's so good on the feet uh, his whole career. But as the fight went on, he just continu- continuously picked up the pace with the output a little bit more. Got, you could tell in the fifth, he just kind of was like, okay, I feel like I'm up. I think he knew he was up. And Dan was really trying to push the pace and touch him and touch him and touch him. He just couldn't get anything really going in the fifth either. He had a couple of good shots he landed, but not enough to really win the round. I mean, it was a tough fight. I feel, here's the thing. I've trained with Dan a couple of times. times. Um, extremely talented, extremely tough. But you and I were talking off air. I said, he's almost like, I'm not talking about in comparison in terms of like their fight, what they, how they fight. I'm talking about in terms of like, Guys that are not very good at specifically one thing. Danny Ige is not the best jujitsu guy. He's not the best stand-up guy. He's not, he's he's got good cardio, but he's probably it's not, you know, it's not like off the charts with someone that just runs at you and pushes the pace. He's not really great anywhere, but he is good everywhere. And he finds ways yeah. to make it, like you said, a junkyard dog fight. <clears throat> he just ran into somebody who was able to stuff the takedowns and was obviously the better striker when you run into that it's hard to really get you know get into get into your rhythm of what you want to get do to get done and i compared him a little bit off air to john fitch like someone who doesn't he's not the best he's not the fighting style but just not the best anywhere but find always found ways to kind of get a win when he wasn't supposed to you know and got him to a title shot i think dan's gonna learn a lot from this fight um you know, and what he needs to work on and how he needs to improve on it. And he's got all the best guys around him. I mean, with uh, all these uh, all the, the stable of guys that he has, he's got great wrestlers for him to work with. I know he's at Extreme Coutures. Um, he, he's got he's got people. Eric.
0: Eric Nipsick is in his corner. and Eric is just a dynamite. Yes. Corner person. He is just so good. He's so calm. He gives them truth. Yep. He doesn't sit there and tell him, "Oh, you're winning," when he knows they're not. You could even hear him in the fifth round, "Hey, we got to go after him." You know, and he's not saying, "Hey, I need you to knock him out." You know, hey, we got to go after him. Gas pedal. And that's what he's saying. Yeah,
1: man. Don't you your know, foot but on the gas pedal.
0: And and that was the one thing that I, I I I give it to Dan. That second round, he started to create just problems in his movement and the way he was sliding forward and attacking in this awkward rhythm at times, mm-hmm. and it made. Cater stop his offensive progression and, and it was good that his corner said, Hey, you're the one that's stopping you. Your, your, your output is poor. I, I need more output for yeah. him. And he picked it right up off of it. And that's what changed the fight right back into his realm. And that's what makes a good fight. There was good fighter IQ on both sides.
1: Yeah, as soon as Dan's eye started swelling up, the use, I saw the flinching start going on. And when that started going on, yeah, you could that's tell he was you can't out, see. He can't see. That's one. You can't judge the distance, you can't judge the speed. And just Dan wasn't he, normally being kind of more of a counter fighter. He wasn't able to get off because he was more of a flinch, like not sure what the sp- the depth of the punch was coming from, the speed of the punch. All those things went out the door and it made it a lot harder for him to get a rhythm going on in that fourth and fifth round. So, yeah. hey, tough fight. Um, you know, on to, on, pretty much on to the next one. That's really what he does. You know, he's got to get on to the next one. And uh, Cater, where do you see him going from there?
0: Man, I'll tell you what, you know, there, there's so many good matchups that you can put him in right now. The, it's just a real question of where is it going to be? Because, you know, obviously you got Volkanovski sitting there on top and you got Holloway who had a great performance. But, you know, he's it's he's going to be coming off of a loss and you have ortega coming up you got korean zombie there you got zabit still there and you know a lot of people you know thought that if that was a five-round fight between zabit and cater cater could have won that fight he was coming on and starting to do well towards the end of that fight going into a fourth fifth round maybe he would have overtaken him you don't know yeah and you got rodriguez too Yair rodriguez is just sitting there and you can't take anything away. The, that guy's got skill that he can fight with anybody. So,
1: Yeah. I think where you put him is, I, I would really like to see him fight Max. You put Cater yeah? and Max, um, both stand-up Well, that would be a good fight. That would be a great fight for good the fans. Good making job. I know. Well, because you already have Yair and Zabit already matched up. And then Korean Zombie and Ortega already talking shit. They've been talking shit for a long time about the, them getting into the a fight in a contract, and the UFC said the contract was sent. Someone hasn't signed it yet, but Zombie can't leave the country anyway, so it doesn't make a difference right and now. And I'm, I'm, I'm not
0: even bringing in Josh Emmett. In yeah. Spawn. He just had surgery on his knee, so he's going to be out.
1: He'll be out for a, a bit, time. you know, and he he'll probably want to tune up fight when he comes back, coming off of a long layoff. So, I mean, realistically, I'd like to see the Max and Cater fight. That'll push Cater into basically next, line, next in line title contention if he beats Max. That'll leave Max right there at the top to potentially fight um if zabit and uh yair the loser of that or maybe just wh- whoever wins that goes and fights volkanovsky and then he can fight right after that uh hopefully if volk loses i mean that's really i don't think you're gonna give another shot you know i don't it'll be oh, another my. it'll be another year and a half two years it'll be like, a while yeah it'll be a long time so unfortunately like i i said that one time when you were trying to argue and i said you know max had the most to lose. you know and uh he does <laughs> So, I wanted to make sure that I reminded everyone because he'll be sitting on the bench for two years now. Jose, yeah, okay, Jose, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, Stop. No, we can't you're,
0: stop you can't stop me now. We're see, talking here. You're, you're, is- you're doing that hook thing. Okay. So, let's, <laughs> let's, let's straighten this out and talk truth. Because I said that Aldo had the most to lose, what's and which he didn't. Which he did. No. Really? He's going to get another shot at 135? But I think at his stage, in his career, does that right matter? Right now, you're you're talking about Max Holloway. Well, if
1: you go to the section, on, we, like on, to stop stop to comment me. section, which I like to do, everyone agreed to me.
0: I'm talking to you right now, because if you're talking about Max no. Holloway, how many people would like to see him back in a title fight right away? A ton. So he's not in a bad position. He didn't lose anything. No. He lost nothing. Yes, he did. He lost a chance of losing. fighting
1: for a title shot. He will not he's fight. He's going to get
0: another title fight. You just you said, said it'll be a fight You just said no, no, it'll no, be no, a while. No, 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 no. Jose Aldo they could do it right away. Aldo already going to be close. But they won't, but they won't do it. Right are right they going to put Aldo against jan again? No.
1: no, 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 no. Okay, no, no, but no. What I'm saying though is they've been holding up that division for a while, and they just have now a vacant title for someone to come in and fight. Here's the thing: if Henry jumps in this, which apparently it sounds like he's. Working his way possibly in there, this division is going to be held up for a while, anyways. So it wouldn't matter if Aldo hit. I mean, if he had wanted to fight Henry, okay. But he's, he's, now that he's lost, well, he, no, would, be, no, no, no. he whoa, would be on whoa, the back burner, anyways.
0: Henry's not going to, Henry doesn't want to fight in the Bantamweights. Henry wants to fight Volkanovski at Featherweight. I don't know. He was talking a lot of shit. He's, I mean, said his yeah. the fight he wants is yes. what yeah he wants the Volcanist. Alex Volkanovski okay yeah, yeah. so now and you're right that but after kind of put a little bit of uh but after the Peter the after
1: the Peter and Aldo fight he talked a ton of shit to Peter like oh you're garbage you're this you're that I'd come in there and smack you around and so you know anyways my point was to me I feel like because Max being at 27 years old he has the most to lose right now because if Volkanovsky has that title for two or three years he'll be on the back burner for at least three years He's gonna need to. He, they're not gonna give him a title shot right away. He's got to starch Cater. He's got to starch the loser of Zabit and y- Yair. He's got to why, probably. Why, why is
0: it that he has to start He's got to like beat these guys, the loser, instead of the winner. of Who Zabit, else would he fight? Yair. Why wouldn't he fight? Why wouldn't he fight the winner? Of because Zabit the winner would be next in, in line for a title shot. I would imagine.
1: I don't know. That's number three and number one, or it's number two or something like that. Well,
0: you, and you've got Korean that.
1: zombies sitting there too. Yeah, but they, we don't. With the hold up with him is we don't know when he's coming. I over.
0: did. Well, yeah. that, that as far as travel. And
1: zombies got to beat Ortega. It's what, it, what I mean. Like, if you're talking oh. fight style, they're going to have to fight. And so he could lose. He I'm wants so, to fight. Brian Ortega is fucking tough. <laughs> so <laughs> and I don't really. I mean, you really, sure, it was a great fight between Ortega and Max, but that's not a fight they're probably going to put together. Max is going to no. be on the bench for at least two years, at least. They're not going to have a fight as long if, if, as, as Volkanovsky as Volkanovski re-
0: remains champion. Yeah. Okay. And so that's two years. And so how long is it going to be before Aldo gets a title? Aldo could retire tomorrow. He's 33 years old. didn't say about old. retiring. So he's going to retire. So he's a legend. His career. So that's he's my point. He's not, not going to get another title shot. At that 33 years old, that he's doesn't done. mean a whole lot. Doesn't mean that he can't fight. I'm not saying he won't be fighting, but that's not but the now. M- he's going to be the guy who th- that is not the most that to the lose, UFC John. is using yeah. to build somebody else's career. John,
1: the most to lose is your prime years, and Max is losing them, not being able to fight for the title if Volkanovski stays the champion. That is the most to lose over Jose Aldo, who is going to go down in history as probably the best bantamweight and are not bantam, but a uh, featherweight in the world. They're, like it since I mean until somebody else comes. He doesn't want
0: to fight at bantamweight. Just
1: so yeah, you know. I know that. I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying though, is that featherweight. He's gonna go to like he has a legacy already there in
0: place. Max. I'm not saying he doesn't have a legacy, but he is a guy who now becomes the opponent. Max doesn't become the opponent. He's 27 Max years old. Max is a contender. Aldo is now an opponent. That. That's put not, you in a position you lost more no just being honest agree we, disagree. we,
1: we do, okay we can okay, agree we can agree dis- to disagree we will agree to disagree ladies and gentlemen in that comment you're section wrong. let john know max max <laughs> is losing two to three years of his prime having to sit on no, the sideline not. if volkanovsky remains the years. champion yes he will he'll sit he'll on use, the he'll now sit now on you,
0: the, now you're having to add more on no that. if he the two years. let's
1: just let's if
0: if if that's uh that's it's a two-letter word but it's Going to carry a oh. long way where mine, Aldo's not going to get that chance again. Aldo's and that's 33.
1: Sad. He's already done it all. 33 is not old. You're right. It's not, but he's been
0: the champion for a long time. That's a lot. Yes, he's he done has. a lot. I for admit a lot. that. Okay. I admit that. But he's done, look at, he's done so much in this sport. That's He was point. the first WC, Now he wasn't the first WC featherweight, but he was the featherweight champion there. And then he was the first UFC featherweight champion but and held it first. for how long? Who was the first one? Bowles. Oh no, I would have. I would have thought uh, Uriah. Was probably it probably Uriah? Yeah. Did you, so think. Uriah lost to Bowles? Then Did, wasn't Bowles
1: the champion when Aldo beat him. I um, can't remember the guy's name. It was something Bowles. I think it was his
0: last name Bowles. Like I, yoked. Well, Mike, little, Mike, Mike Mike Brown beat Uriah. Yeah, yeah, I
1: saw that, but I think I think Uriah maybe beat Bowles. Did Uriah lose it somewhere? Uh, Anyways, we have to go back and take a look. See you guys. Ryan Bowles. Seven seventy-five years old. Brain's not there as much as anymore. I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you.
0: you if I didn't do the fight, we're in trouble.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's bring that point up, please. I want people to understand this. Is What's look, that? I've been in, I don't know what, 35, 40 fights. You've yeah. refed thousands of fights, yes. majority of them multiple times thousands of these fighters. And you know these guys. Like me, I've I've fought, you know, 40 opponents. Let's just say 40, 45 opponents in my whole life. So I know them. (laughs) You know, I know, of course, I know a bunch of other ones. But this guy, thousands, (laughs) thousands. And if you were working the Bellator cards, like as a ref, you were doing 22 fights. (laughs) So that's 44 (laughs) fighters. That's 44 fighters. You'd have to know every
0: show. Gosh, I mean. does make a difference, though, you know, and it, um, it does help. I think I think the guy that I refereed more than anybody was probably Tito Ortiz.
1: Yeah, he was. He's been around a
0: long time, man. Yeah, I think I probably refereed probably twenty of his fights. What about Vitor? Oh, Vitor spent time overseas in Japan. Yeah, Vitor I, I, I probably refereed yeah, somewhere around ten. Well, what about but Randy? Randy probably fifteen.
1: Less than you've lost him, less than Tito.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I think I just off of the top of my head, I, I mean, there's there's some guys that I could I could pick out. But I think Tito's number one as far as how many times I referee.
1: Well, early and remember early on in his career, he was a lot, he was a man of a lot of the time. So you, I, you were
0: mainly oh, a yeah.
1: man of ref for all the big shows. So well, you
0: figure when he started, Tito's first fight was against a guy named Wes Albright. Mm-hmm. All right. He beats him in like, eh, let's say 35 seconds or something i didn't do the fight joe hamilton was the referee for that fight and then ensign in uh ensign in was in the tournament at i think they called it light heavyweight at the time but um he fought at the, it's royce alger who was a wrestler from iowa yes. and he yes. arm bars royce but he had gotten hit and then he blew his nose and his eyes swelled shut so they took tito and put him into the finals against Guy Mesger, And in that one, you know, back then, we couldn't have blood a lot. So, so Tito is kneeing Guy in the head on the ground, which was legal at the time, but he ends up putting like four cuts into his head and so that he's bleeding all over, so I, I have to stop it. And when I stop it and the doctor allows it to go on, then Tito goes for a takedown and gets caught in a guillotine and loses. So yeah. that was the first time that I refereed Tito. I think the last time I refereed Tito was... Against our boy Chael Sonnen, ah, Gosh, quite a man. few years. That's a long time comparatively. Twenty, yeah. twenty years, man.
1: <clears throat> Tre- Trevor and I fought on a card in Boise, not Boise, but in uh, Portland, Oregon. And the got the promoter's name was Steve Boyd, and Chael was on the undercard of a fight that I was main eventing in uh, Portland, Oregon. Trevor was on the undercard. Uh, Nate Quarry was on the undercard. Uh, chael was on the uh, chael trevor uh, there was uh, mike whitehead oh yeah 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 uh, all these guys no mike that was he mike wasn't on that card sorry there was but yeah there was a group but guess who the three judges were it was dan henderson randy, Rand, Tour, randy couture matt lillian matt lillian and i think dan was there also i believe dan was there <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny uh stories is a good team time. quest um okay and the next so what was the co-main it comain was, was
0: tim elliott against Annoying.
1: Let's talk that
0: decision. No, it was right. Was it? Yeah, just and you're well. You're looking at volume from Elliot against heavy punches, but heavy punches that in the end didn't do damage. And Elliot had a couple moments that the uh, guillotine mm-hmm. was tight at one time. Yeah. It was tight. So you're looking at that submission attempt and the fact that it was the closest thing. During the fight, that came to actually winning the fight, even though the knee bar was close yeah. at one point, uh, that benoit had uh, Tim Elliott in because you, know, you could see that there was some pain on his face. So yeah.
2: there was yeah. there was
0: good moments back and forth, but I I thought benoit again output didn't yeah. have enough output.
1: I had benoit win the fight. I had him win in the first. I had him win in the. I had I basically had him win in all three rounds. Wow, I don't know what I don't know what round I, I could see maybe the second going back and forth and who got closest to the to the oh guillotine. The, the
0: second was definitely Elliot
1: you thought so I
0: yeah because that's when the guillotine but that's when the knee
1: bar was Everything. though too yeah so I thought the knee bar was closer than the guillotine
0: well you could look at the knee bar now it wasn't closer because
1: well we, were, we couldn't tell the facial expressions up, on Benoit yeah you
0: could you could actually well you could, yeah, that's true <laughs> <laughs> facial expressions on both sides. Volume of output in the standup, and just the number of shots that Elliot threw and landed compared to what you had with Benoit, and then you had the two submission attempts. We'll say and we'll say that they equaled out. Then you had Elliot trying for a leg lock too, that was really badly put on, <laughs> yeah. backwards. But it was all right, you know, that that, that happens. But I, he won the round. You know, there's moments right. like this podcast,
1: Dave, where I would like to like just look the can like like look right into the camera, and just let John know that I wrote the fucking rules, <laughs> and this, like I'm they're... right and I'm right, <laughs> but I, I can't do that. So it's, uh, this it's is the great. criteria. I know, you just like
2: slap them through the split screen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wish.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's the right direction. (laughs) But you know, you know, you know, if we're going to go back and look, and and the the thing about with you know Volkanovsky and and Max Holloway, it's that's the type of fight that tells you, you know, we're we got stuck with the ten point must system, Mm -hmm. and I and I believe that there's better ways of doing it, but you can't get commissions to change it, so it's not going to change. So the criteria that we have for the judges to go by. It's a good criteria and I'm not saying that because of me, but it's really good. It, it's uh it's clear and simple. But there are fights, you know, cuz you can look at Max knock, you know, Volkanovski down in the first and second. Yeah. In the second, you know, he hit him with the uppercut and Volk dropped but got right back up. Don't think he was hurt, you know, some some might have been off balance. But those are the moments like in boxing with a 10 point, that's an automatic 10-8. Yeah that round should not have been a 10 8 in MMA but this is the problem that you'll get with judging of fights mm-hmm. you know the, the, there's too much in MMA to fit within that mold it needs to be looked at so g- give me, I know we're getting off
1: topic on the, on the fight, Yeah, but, totally. but it doesn't matter. People like to hear your take on all this stuff. Cause like you said, you, you wrote the criteria. So I, I but what, what other, what other um, alternatives are there instead of a 10, nine or 10 point? Oh, less there's, there's a lot.
0: There's actually a lot of alternatives. There's a, there's a five point system that, that brings into effect certain categories for the fight. There's a 30 point. I mean, there's all these different, you know, point structures but you can sit there and say for every round you're going to give 10 points to the person that wins the grappling for every round you're going to give 10 points to the person that wins the striking for every round you're going to give 10 points to the person that was the aggressor in the fight or the person that actually tried to to finish the fight it's a 30 point system and you give those points out you know in a way like that I think it's too many the five point is pretty easy it does basically the same thing you're giving one point for all these categories and but most people aren't used to it so it would take a while for people to kind of get used to it but it clearly is a good way of scoring weights you, you know uh I mean? you lost me when you started saying more numbers 30 and 30 and five, 30 and, yeah. five and more numbers and all see, this other that's shit the, that's just well, that's too much part, that's part of the problem right
1: there. Let me ask you about this, though. What about having more than three judges? Say you have seven. Then there's less likeliness of... Makes no difference. It doesn't.
0: doesn't make a difference. I, I've been, you know, all over the world with different ways of doing things. And, and you know, AC, uh, ACB, which is now ACA, they instituted five judges quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Back in, we'll say, 2016, yeah, maybe 2017. And, you know, that five judge uh, system doesn't change, doesn't change anything because it's really what the most important thing you can do is have judges that are educated on everything that the fighters are doing and look at things in the same fashion, give credit for the same fashion. But the problem is, and this is where people lose it when it comes to Oh, you know, fighters don't make the best judges. No, they don't. I'm just being honest. They don't. Because you'll get fighters that are really good at something. They, what, the way they did it, they were really good at this type of takedown or or setting a guy up in this fashion or this submission was theirs. And then they'll be watching a fight and the person puts on that type of hold or does that type of takedown and they go, oh, that was crap. He did that sloppy and they give it no credit at all because it wasn't done the way they would do it. So you've got to get them past all of their biases as far as the way they do it and say it's not important how you would do it, it's important was it effective. And that's the big word when when you're looking at fighting, what was effective. It's not, you know, and this is where people lose it when it comes to the significant strikes that the UFC puts up or you know compu strikes or yeah. any of those things is you can't compare a jab with a straight right hand or a left hook there's differences in power and then when you get into MMA you're looking at not only differences in power of punches you're looking at differences in power of you get hit with a left hand you get hit with a right knee you get hit with a shin it's it's like calibers of, you know, handguns and rifles and things. I always tell people, look at, you know, punching, those are 22 calibers. Not saying they can't hurt you, they can hurt you, but they're 22 calibers, okay? And then you get into elbows are like a nine millimeter. And then you look and you say, ah, you know, that kick, uh, that kick, you know, especially if it hits with the shin, you're looking at a 40 caliber. And then that knee is like a 45, it's heavy okay you know that every time when someone gets hit with a good knee they go out because it's a heavy instrument to hit somebody with so if i land a knee to the body and you land a punch to the body it's not one one there's a difference in them. which was yeah. the better strike it might be that the punch was the better strike and that's what judges have to go on and that's why when they put these little numbers in there you got some little you know person sitting there with a little thing doing this some little person you know, whatever they are i don't know, you know there's a little guy about that big so yeah you know, uh you know they're 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 pushing buttons it doesn't equate to oh because this person had 10 strikes that landed and this person had 11 the 11 win that's just not the way to go yeah
1: The ones that do the most damage and the ones that um, land properly in the right spots that potentially could do the most damage are the ones that you should count. Yeah. Towards like, do do they do they put those in the significant strike area? What do they classify? Why is it classified as a significant strike?
0: Is it different than a normal strike? (laughs) I mean, like, what's the difference between the two? They they say it's oh, it's a cleanly land strike that's significant, and it's like you could have a cleanly land strike that does nothing, and you can have one that doesn't land clean and it does damage yeah well, very, very true you know the other the other thing that people say that i think we should go over is this whole oh you've got to beat the champion to be the uh, champion. you got to take that you got to really you got to knock them out. bullshit who the hell ever told you that that would be like saying well you know okay who who won the Super Bowl? It's the Chiefs. It's your team. Of course they so, so next year when the Chiefs play, you have to beat them by more than three points to actually beat them. Because like they're that the idea. champs. I like yeah, that. it's a good I idea, like that idea. It? Yeah. It's the dumbest thing ever. All you have to do is beat that person by one little thing, and you should be able to take that title. When you when both fighters walk in the challenger and the champion as soon as they walk in it's just two people going for a title one's trying to gain it and one's trying to keep it but they're both just going for that title it's
1: vacant at that moment yep podcast dave keeps looking at me no i'm just i i I keep uh taking deep breaths (laughs) i think he's getting mad at me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, i just i was just gonna say you're I, tired i
2: prefer the wwe method where you have a finishing move you win the belt and ah <laughs> oh, uh, oh, decisive geez. every time
0: and you uh, gotta do the same finishing move every time because that's your signature move
1: it's not so, decisive every time though that's it the thing it's not decisive every time. anyways um next fight <clears throat> Ma- oh, Ma- so hey dave yeah. so the
0: screw job in montreal was that decisive
2: well, it was decisive in that he Was it screwed. decisive? He yes. got screwed.
0: He <laughs> got screwed? Decisively got screwed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. Uh, so who
1: was next? It was Molly McCann and Santos.
2: Uh, Jimmy Boy, Rivera what a tough and fight. Oh, who? The the third fight. Yeah. after Before the minute. Yeah, Jimmy Rivera and yeah. Cody Stammen. Oh,
0: Rivera and Stammen. Jimmy Rivera and Cody Stamon. Jimmy Rivera looked good, man. I give him credit for a guy coming in real you know, last minute. He was supposed to fight. Then he wasn't going to fight. Because Cody Stamen is a tough, tough oh. dude. Good wrestler, super strong. And I think Jimmy had some problems in the beginning with the strength and everything and was figuring it out. But once he figured it out, once he started you know, using his left hand effectively and popping Stamen when he got close at times, when he tried for the takedown, just kind of just slowly and systematically took that fight over. Big difference between the first round and what happened in the second, third.
1: Jimmy is—I look at Jimmy as like someone who's been there for a while. He's fought really, really good guys. Stamen is getting into the groove of getting to that level of guys. Like he, he just like he showed that there was a little bit of lack. I don't want to say inexperience, but the 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 veteran or the. I don't want to say journeyman either. I want to say this very carefully, but there's the one that had a little bit more experience fighting the upper echelon of guys. He just was able to to always be a little bit ahead in little that things. That experience
0: helped him just continue to move farther and farther ahead.
1: And it was the I there agree. was little tricks of the trade that he did that Stamen hasn't quite caught on to yet. A couple of the the reversals on the takedowns couple of the exchanges where he was able to the inside leg kick right to the combinations there was things that he was doing that like that veterans get away with that veterans can use and he just he figured it out and he fought a very smart fight yep. uh jimmy did and stay just just didn't, was a step behind. But here's the thing. I think always in these not at fights. Not the beginning of the fight. No, not in the beginning. But it was,
0: it, He was leading the dance, man.
1: He was, but Jimmy also taking the fight, like you said, on short notice, coming in, just, I'm going to let you figure, I'm going to figure you out. I'm going to let the fight play out in front of me and see what happens. Let it come yep. to me and I'll just, I'll, I'll work my way through it and let the fight happen. And he, and did, he, he did a
0: great job. This is the whole thing we talked about. You don't have to win every minute of the fight. You don't although you know, it's nice but so well it'd be nice if you, if you can it makes it an easy fight but yeah. when you're fighting something sometimes it's going to take you a little bit and you got to give a little bit to figure out what's going to work best for you that's what that's what Rivera did yes I just
1: I just saw the difference between the two fighters as the fight went on and the seasoned veteran was able to Use the little tricks of the trade, just the years of experience of being in there and inside that cage, and then also against top level guys, and it just showed in a couple little couple little things that could have been tied. Turners had it, had Stamen been able to to get the takedown or hold the position or those little things that happen, and then Jimmy getting the reversal, it just ended up working. You can see a little bit of the deflation of of Stamen going through it, you know. And then as the <laughs> fight went on, it just got a little more of a snowball effect. But it was a great fight. I actually really enjoyed the fight. And just to see two guys of same height, same like same ability pretty much, but Jimmy just having a little bit more of experience in that upper echelon, I think was the yeah. difference. Yep. And then the next fight was that's the one, right? So Molly McCann. Molly McCann and Santos.
0: Yeah. What'd you think? Ooh, Santos look good. Molly McCann's the real deal. <sighs> she is. Molly McCann is tough as hell, and she's a good fighter. And Santos just won every minute of that talking about winning all of it yeah and she did man she just put it on her you know and everything that molly tried just did not work and santos just kept on moving forward she looked really good yeah very I, impressed by her
1: I, I gotta tell you i i was looking at because molly was ranked i think 14 or 15 i think 15 and santos wasn't ranked and i'm thinking to myself as they're fighting and i'm a, I, I, we've seen Molly a lot. I've seen Molly a lot around the UK series. Cause I'm over there quite yeah. a bit for Bellator, but she is <clears throat> absolutely just adorable. Like fun to be around a little firecracker, person. great personality. Person. Just, I got to tell you guys, if you guys and ever get good chance, for all the other fighters, yes. man, she,
0: she does everything for them, and she's a stud.
1: She is. If you guys ever get an opportunity to meet her, she's just absolutely like a little firecracker, just running around the hotel, being super nice to everyone. Just a great person. Um, she just was a step behind. Everything she did, yeah. I don't know if it was the travel, I don't know if it was the weight cut, I don't know if it just it just wasn't her night, or I don't know if it just, the ability she brought into the cage tonight just wasn't enough to get it done. Santos looked absolutely amazing in everything she did. and She, she made changes throughout as well. Physically strong, she looked way stronger than Molly in everything she did, whether it was the clinch, whether it was the knees, you know, like that clinch was nasty. She, every time... Some of those knees
0: she hit her with, I was like, oh. Yeah.
1: Every time Molly got to the the body locker, got to the fence, and she was in, Santos was able to put her leg to the ground and break the the single leg lock. She got right to the clinch and just started kneeing and just changed how the fight started to play out. She's like, okay, look, I can't really wrestle because I can't take you down. And if I press you to the fence, you're going to clinch me and knee my fucking head off. So where do I go with this? And she was, I felt like she had some success in the first round with the striking. But she just, I don't think she, the, I think the game plan was to get the takedown and she wasn't able to get the takedown. So she went away from that in the second round, like trying to get takedowns instead of trying to stay on the feet. Cause she was, she was landing some clean shots. I didn't say she won the round, but yeah. she was landing some clean shots. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think agree. she, she could have built on that, maybe gotten a couple little more exchanges uh, that maybe would have made it easier for her to get to the takedown. But I just didn't see the speed wasn't there. The strength wasn't there. She's. All those things, the the length definitely wasn't there. And the clinch, like in that that, that tie clinch, she was having a hard time with. So I think as a fighter, where do you go from there? And I'm looking at Molly, I'm going like you've you've got to stick and move and throws, throw like quicks twos and threes and get out. And not get out straight back so you don't get counter with the long reach. You gotta get out on the hip. You've got to cut the angle and and turn, and try Take them get, turn. Yeah, Try to get yeah. to the hip side. So she just had a rough night. Um, obviously, I think she's she's um she's gonna learn from this, and I feel the same way about Dan Ige. I feel the same way, you know, um about all the other you know uh, Stamen. Like they're gonna all learn a lot from this from this experience, and <clears throat> you could tell that they were still in the fight all the way up until the end. All three of them, you know, even like even though they were losing on the cards, you know, oh, yeah. they were still all three of them: Ige, Stamen, and uh, and Molly. All three of them were still in their gunslinging in the third round. And those are things you want to see from your young fighters, especially the ones coming up. This loss is not the end. That's definitely not the end. It's just the beginning for them of getting back on track and, okay, going back and maybe, like you said, always there for, She's Molly's always there for everybody, you know, and this, that. You, I want to remind fighters, it's a selfish sport. You know, you need to sometimes focus on yourself. Even when you're in between fights, you need to focus on yourself to work on specific uh, things. I always say when you come into the gym, you got to train with a purpose. You got to come in like, hey, for Molly, she's got to work on getting to that takedown and that clinch a lot, a lot cleaner, you know, and getting when you do get to the fence on whether not relying on just pressing them to the fence, you need to pull them away and make space to get them back out in the open mat so you can get the takedown. And she was having a hard time with that today. And I, I mean, never even seemed like it crossed her mind. to like try to pull her away from the fence because she was using that fence really well to keep her balance. Like a lot of fighters are doing now these days. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so she needs to make some adjustments in that area. Um, combinations were doing well. She just did. I felt like she didn't have the confidence to rely on. Her. She, I think she thought going in there, Santos is going to be a lot harder on the feet to deal with when she was having the most success all night on the feet. So, I'm not saying she would have won it, but I'm saying that's where her success was happening, you know, was on the feet. So, uh, h- tough loss for her, but I think she's going to end up coming back, you know. She's going to, she has oh, a long, she long way back, but she's got to get back. So, uh, what was the uh, other fight? The
0: fight, the fights, one that started off, that was, um I can't
2: say, both of their names. La, Meneer Lizez. Yeah, we yeah,
1: we were texting her. Yeah, we were <clears> texting
2: <throat> her. And Abdul Razak Al- Hassan.
0: Oh, a song. Oh, I'll husband. tell you what.
2: Say, all right. How do I say the, the other guy's name <laughs> again before I screw it up? L'zez? L'zez? Yeah, Yeah, L A Z Z E Z. L A Z Z E Z. L A Z Lazzez.
0: Lazzez. L-A-Z. L'zez. L'zez, yeah. He's good, man. He's good. He's got some crisp stand up. He man throws beautiful elbows inside. Um, everything he was doing because. You Know his opponent is good, yeah. He's had some big knockouts, he knocked out uh um, Sabah Homasi, so that dude's got some power. And he was he was cracking with him, and he was standing there and he was doing some damage. I gotta say, I love uh Dan uh, Mojaveti, the referee. Man, you gotta stop standing people up in the positions that you're standing them up in, though, man yeah He's getting side. He's like, he's in mount. He goes to side control, and he's in side control. And stand him up. It's like, you know how hard it is to get to side control. Yeah, it's like that's a good position. That's called a big advantage. You don't just take away an advantage. And then he did it a couple of times with him. I was like, eh, you you know what? You're you're involving yourself a little bit too much. But really impressive performance by Lazess. Was he the same ref that did Stamen's fight?
1: so he was so he also there was a break there as well yep. that was against the fence this is this is the this is my concern and i we hear the fighters talk about yeah i can hear Dale Cormier like tell me like yell instructions or basically like say what well, what I should do and the fighters listen or they can hear them but bisbing had said basically like oh you know like how long is going to let the ref you know how long is the ref going to let them stay here and within seconds later the ref <laughs> the ref breaks them yeah. so the, the the problem is is that the no crowd has an effect on absolutely everything. It's not, it has an effect on the fighters because they can hear what the announcers are saying. When a shot lands, it's like, Oh, like Bisping tonight. He yelled that a bunch of times.
0: (laughs) Oh, whoa. You know, I love the fact that I love the fact that Mike gets excited. Yes, I really do. Yes, it's good. But you actually heard Paul Felder say, and I think Paul does a great job. He actually said, Hey, who is that ref? He goes, I want him in my next fight. So he, (laughs) <laughs> want someone to split him apart, man. Oh no! I'm like, yeah, don't blame me on that one. So
1: that's you're running into these problems now. You know where the fighters are now, like
0: the refs are now being. Uh, I don't
1: want to say. It, what is? What am I looking for here?
0: What you're looking for is <clears throat> the referees all are refereeing under the same rule set. Mm-hmm. So if Herb Dean is the referee or Mark Goddard is the referee they're pretty similar in when they're going to stand a fighter up because they're looking at the position and they're looking at what someone's attempting to do. And they don't give a shit what Dan Cormier, Mike Bisping, Paul Felder, Dominic Cruz, or Joe Rogan say. They know when they're going to do something because they're confident. And when you get guys that haven't worked in the UFC a lot, there is a pressure there you know and there's a ton of pressure you know that goes along with this that people don't understand and so that pressure can make them think as soon as they hear it from the announcer it's like oh i better do something yeah and it's like no have your your times so
1: well they wouldn't they wouldn't have that pressure and they wouldn't hear those announcers if there was crowds there's no fucking way they would hear those well no the
0: the pressure doesn't change yeah uh, with putting a crowd in there it actually intensifies you think so Absolutely. You don't think the crowd's yelling at you all the time?
1: Yeah, but I, I understand the crowd yelling at you in this, but, like, I think as a, as a crowd, you understand that's the part of – the crowd is part of it. Hearing DC and Joe Rogan and, and somebody else say, like, oh, yeah, I wish they'd stand them up. I mean, there's a little bit more, like, these guys are in the industry. These aren't just fucking drunk guys in the front row. You know, they overpaid no, for front row guys. tickets. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're overpaid, dude, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean – I thought, God, I, don't even, I don't want to murder this guy's name. Lizez, Yeah, Lizze. Lizze. Um, I thought he lost the first round. I mean, it could go either way. I thought he lost the first round. I think all three judges had him winning the first round. I think that's what the scorecard was. He had
0: 30 20, I think 20. the scorecard, I think two of them were 30-27
1: 20, and one, one was 29-28. 20. 20, yeah, I had, I had uh losing the first and then winning the next two. It was yeah. close. Uh, the first round was close. I thought he took some shots in the first. He played it off really he well, did. though.
0: But then he actually put it on. Uh, but not Re- not Razak. I can't say Al Hassan. Al Hassan. Al Hassan.
1: Yeah. It. Um. He put it on him, but it wasn't to the. I thought felt like it wasn't to the the level that Lazez was put got it put on him in the first in the first what minute minute and a half. I mean, but realistically, look—the the right guy won, and that's really what we're looking for. Oh, so I'm not, yeah. yeah, I'm not splitting hairs on it. Yeah, I'm not splitting hairs on. I w- I would, I would have given it uh, 29, 28, like the last judge did. So, but good fight. I didn't get a chance to watch any of the prelims because I was here at the gym teaching. Because I didn't, ex- I completely the Wednesday night fights. Just I'm the only one covering the weight around here in the gym. So <laughs> I didn't get a chance to watch the prelims. Did you get a chance to watch them? I did. Okay, I watched all of them. I heard
0: they were good. There was a couple of good scraps. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, good young. There's a couple of good young talented uh, fighters in there. So,
1: yeah, they said there. What's the guy's name? I can't remember. Um, the main event. Was it the main event?
2: Are you, I'm asking you. I don't know. I event? didn't. Oh, uh,
0: <laughs>
2: Sorry, guys. The
0: pre- prelim
1: main event. Yes, I will watch the prelims on Saturday. My apologies. During the week here, I'm. Uh...
0: Oh, let let me cover one thing that happened. Yes. And I cannot say. Guy from England and a guy from Greece. What's their names there, Dave?
2: Um, they're they're really tough. And and the prelims, Cheez. Yep, prelims. Oh, there's, uh, there's a
1: guy named
0: Cheez or whatever that was. The guy I, I from
2: Greece is uh, Andreas Micheli Michalidis. Michalidis, and and, then, and the other guy started with a B. Um. Well, the the guy from England, the guys from England that fought tonight were Chris Fishgold and Leon no. Murphy.
0: No, there's another one. Leon Murphy was he looked really good.
2: Oh, there's another guy. He was he's not uh, English, but it's Modestus uh Bukaskus.
0: But he's fighting out of England because he had a British flag
2: too. Oh really? Yeah. yeah there's, only, there's only two guys shown on a the preliminary. There so. was an incident near the end of the
0: round where uh, how do you say his name again? It starts with a B? Um Bucaskus. Bicuscus? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Ends up throwing some elbows. They're all legal elbows. You see his opponent actually drop a little bit. Hurt. Bell goes off. Daniel Moavetti. the referee, did an outstanding job of taking his time, waiting, continuing to look. They questioned what when the gate opened up. The guy actually is on the mat. He's got to get himself off of the mat. And Mojavetti's talking to him. And he, then he turns and he actually almost falls through the actual cage because the door's not there. in his attempt to lean back and Mojavedi stopped the fight. It was the right call. When the ref, when the referee is telling the fighter he must get up and go to his corner, no one can help that fighter go to his corner. He's got to move and get himself there. And if he's unable to, that means he's unable to continue on in the fight. And Mojavedi made the right decision in that fight. Just wanted to say that.
1: Yeah, there were some complaints. Uh, some complaints on yeah, on Twitter and some social media complaints. Saying, They're wrong. Oh, this and that. He did, a,
0: he did a really good job. Did yeah. exactly like he should.
1: The bottom line is, you got to get up and walk to your corner after every round. Yes, you do. Yeah, I do know some rules. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that I don't know them all after working with John, but but yeah, I do know some. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, what other was there? Any other fights on there?
0: Yeah, the other kid from England, the uh he was really good. Um God, what was it? What
2: was it? Leron Murphy Kevin or Chris? What is it? Murphy? Mur- Mur- Leron Murphy or Chris yeah. Fishgold?
0: No, no, not Fishgold. Murphy. Murphy looked good. Yeah. He's got good stand-up, man. His he's smooth, his footwork is clean, he takes angles well, and he's got power. You know, that that kid is gonna be a stud now when he goes against someone that's a really good grappler will he be able to fight off the takedowns i don't know but i'll tell you what he's got power in his hands he moves well he's super athletic super fast he's gonna be fun to watch
1: i'm gonna have to go back and watch the prelims tonight that one's a good one my apologies my apologies um there was one thing i wanted to talk to you about
0: What's
1: Dave, that? It was gonna remind me. <laughs> let's uh let's get into this uh Ali and Ariel Hawani stuff that's going on. Ali's pulled all of his dominance fighters from doing interviews with ESPN as long as all <laughs> as long as Ariel Hawani is working for ESPN. Wow. And why
0: would okay, why? And really, what's the real reason? Why?
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure the the real reason's long, <laughs> long. Well, I didn't reason. know that's why I'm asking. Probably a long reason that's just come to an head. And and I, I had said this I think years and I the not years I had said this months ago. Um, when you have, I gotta be careful, not be careful, just put it properly. When you have one manager with a lot of great, great talent, with a lot of champions, a lot of great talent. This is, this is how it ends up being. I got to be this honest. Man. And I had said, I'd said for a long time, because remember Justin Gaethje and a couple other guys were trying to get fights with Conor McGregor. And I said, like, if you want to be a jerk, knowing that Conor McGregor is the money fight and if Conor wanted to be the jerk, all he had to do was say, Hey, if you're managed by Ali, I'm not going to fight Ali. you. There's yeah. no reason for me to fight you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you the chance or the opportunity I uh, mean, with the Khabib fight, he had to because Khabib was the champion. So I understood that you're fighting for the title. That's different than if you're fighting, like if he was going to fight, uh, you know, somebody else that was managed by him, Justin Gaethje or whoever else was managed by him. He could simply just say like, no, I, I'm not fighting you. Like, you know, there was talk of him possibly fighting Usman. Well, he could have said like, no, if you're managed by Ali, then you can just sit on the side and, you know, you can lose millions of dollars because you're not fighting me and he still and Connor still regardless has that clout to do that but with Ali Ali right now can he can do that with ESPN i just with ESPN being the platform they are they can give two shits
0: <laughs> exactly
1: but i'm going to give i'm going to give Ali i'm going to tell Ali and i'm going to this is what i had said to Javier Mendez for years for years I, st- I tried to tell him to do this probably over 10 years ago Do not do interviews with anyone. Do your own AKA interviews. And if fighters or media have questions, then you have them email you them and you'd film them there. And whatever questions the fighters wants to answer, they answer and you put it out on your social media network and let them come there and get the answers. There's no reason for you to do this. This is how you build your platform. Ali is doing the right thing because he doesn't get along with Ariel and Ariel has ways of, of twisting words and changing things around and doing whatever it is that, you know, shocking. Yeah, of course. Shocking. But th- that's media though. Before we dig into Ariel too much. Okay. That's media in general. It doesn't matter. I've been through it from way back. You know, I loved a uh, sure dog and those guys, but they did it occasionally to me as well. Some other guys had done it from some other Ariel's done it to me several times. Just simply put like, if you guys want to do something, all he needs to start his own, whether it's a YouTube channel or whether it's a platform of his own media network, have them do interviews with their own people and then put it up on their own website. And ESPN can go there and get the information. ESPN or other, you know, what, USA Today and all these other news outworks can go to that media source and get what's going on. And then it comes strictly from them and they can regulate it. When you've got guys... That are managed by him when you've got this many champions when you've got this many young up and comers coming up i gotta tell you i don't see a reason why he couldn't do that and i said that for years back before kane and dc and and everybody was there at ak i was telling javier to start this and he's just starting stuff now and i was like it's you could you could have been way ahead of the game you know what i mean but this this is an opportunity for Ali to potentially do something that no other manager has been able to do or has not tried to do. Start a news at, a news network that's that's around your fighters. And if people want interviews, then they go through you. Like they go through you specifically through you. Now the UFC may jump and bomb and say, hey, you can't do this, this and that. But yes, actually he can and he should. I mean, you don't want to piss Dana off too much, but you got to
0: make... You, you are not going to piss Dana off by taking interviews away from Ariel Helwani,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just let's just put that yeah. one out there right now.
1: Yeah, that's true, very true. That's not even allowed in the building. He's so. not even allowed in the
0: building. What's your take on it? First off, the media is like the media is hard to deal with. All right, I'm, I'm gonna. I did a tweet. Uh, the other day someone asked me a question and the and the question was over the max holloway uh volkanovsky fight and the judge they named the judge and I'm not going to bring up the name but they named us that specific judge and so I said look you know my answer was the ufc you know pays for the judge to be transported they pay for testing for covid they pay for a room They pay the person for their services. If they are unhappy in this situation at Fight Island, they don't have an athletic commission. They are the ones running this. They're they're their own regulator here. Now they're using the British MMA council for the inspectors and things like that, but UFC is the one that hires everyone for this. So if they're not happy because Dana came out saying he wasn't happy with the judging, he wasn't happy with some things that happened in the refing. And, you know, if you're not happy with it, you can get rid of them. Now, he did that once before and it bit him in the butt. So I, I said, you know, I said, you know, they employ him that if you are, if you don't have, you know, a good performance for your employer, your, your employer can always get rid of you. Let's see what they do. And that was basically the words that I used. The next thing I know, there's an you get reporters that write articles four websites off of a tweet, yeah, and the the headline says John McCarthy uh, pushes for UFC to remove uh, uh, judge, you know, and it's like, where, where where did you come up with that? and I, I, don't know. I went and I talked you know, I talked to the reporter, I said, hey, I didn't say that, and he says, oh well, that's that's the way I took it. Doesn't matter how you take it, yeah, but this is what happens: is you can say something, and then they're gonna do. What they think can push their story, get people to click on it, get all those views. They're not into the truth because as you would say, you can always put that retraction later on in the back page that no one sees and say, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You know, and it's, uh, it's a problem. So like you're saying, you have to control your image, your brand. And I think that's what Ali is trying to do for yeah. his fighters. He's got someone that he believes is not being fair to his fighters. And it's like, hey, you want to put out stuff that's not true? You want to say these things? My guys aren't going to talk to you. Well, that's just part of being a reporter. You're going to have those times that, you know, people aren't happy with you. And it's, it's part of the job. Yeah, I
1: don't want to add to like, we live in this cancer cancel culture type bullshit right now and it's kind of like this oh you don't you don't like him let's get rid of him look i've never been a huge fan of ariel hawani and i'm being upfront and honest i mean there's been things there's been he's said things in the past but i remember some of his very first interviews he used to come to aka to interview me and he would ask me to ask like guys like kane and other guys to do interviews with because you know no one knew who he was and he didn't you know he would like bounce from gym to gym trying to get interviews and so yeah. <clears throat> that being said, I can't, I can't deny his hustle in the situation, but as he got bigger, things changed. The, the questions changed, the interviews changed, the way he talks to people changed, the, the confidence of, you know, and Dana's had and like guys like Dana have had enough of it of, you know, trying well, to get that little extra bit out of you after you've already shut him down.
0: That's, some us be problem. Ariel never would have gotten where he's at if he didn't have Dana's help dana helped him big time okay dana put him in positions that elevated him to a great extent over other reporters that had been there longer you know and eventually he pissed dana off and dana kind of put him in his you know kicked him out pushed him out the door at the uh la forum back at ufc 199 when he had uh he came out and he put out the whole thing that Brock Lesnar was going to be part of the UFC 200 and Dana got pissed that he put that out before the UFC put it out. You know, That's just the way it is. You know, if you're that reporter, sometimes you're going to know something and you have a choice. Am I going to put it out there or am I not? Sometimes you make the right choice. Sometimes you think you're making the right choice and someone gets really mad at you. and That's just <laughs> the way it is. Um, how do you take it? How do you take my advice, maybe to Ali? You know, I think your advice is right. You know, I think Ali, Ali has to be smart. <coughs> Ali will not always be sitting in the position he's sitting. I'm just no, telling you, no, they because, never are. No, you know, the, the, this has happened before. You know, maybe not in the media, but you know, Monty Cox. Yep. All right. Monty Cox. Thinking of was the biggest manager really as far as the UFC, and he had every champion. He had the heavyweight champion. I think he had the light heavyweight. He didn't have the middleweight. He had the welterweight. He had the lightweight, I mean, at the same time. And Dana saw it and went, I can't have this. This is a problem because he can control my show based upon he manages all these guys, and he had Sean Shirk at the time, that was trying to get in and Dana's going, he says, find another manager. He told Sean Shirk to find another manager, yep. And Sean Shirk ended up going with the Zinkins with Zinkin and Bob cook. That's right. Because that was his way of getting into the UFC. Cause if he was still with Monty, couldn't do it, you know, and, and where's Monty now? Yeah. You know, he's well, not, he's not that big manager anymore because things change. It's just the way it is
1: no i agree and i said this i said the concern was is when you have guys like usman and you got guys like uh justin gaethje and you've got gasoline you've got you know all the guys that are at that top echelon khabib khabib obviously Um, but he also has islam he's also got you know a lot of other guys frankie yes frankie was probably one of his first if not his first yes yeah so um, I, that's where I met Ali was through Frankie Edgar when I went out to help Frankie train for his second uh his second fight with Benson Henderson. That was where I met him, and uh, we were traveling. We were driving back and forth from, and Ali was in the car driving back and forth from New Jersey to New York, you know, for forty five minutes. And it was the first time I ever met him. And I gotta tell you, I was like going yeah. to Henzo's. Yes, yeah, going to Henzo's. I'm like, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> does this, this? Who the fuck is this guy? And <laughs> does. Does he ever stop talking? He's got an attitude, man. But he was a fun guy. Like I've been around him for years now, and he's, he's you know, obviously with the Khabib connection as well. He's been in AK a lot more, you know and um, he's a good guy. And I think his fighters speak very highly of him. He's doing them all justice, he's doing them all right. And so as long as he continues to do that, I think you're going to keep getting the results you get. You know he's just got to be careful, because like you said with the Monty Coxing, and that's what comes to my mind, is that yep. if you manage too many guys that are at the top the ufc will find ways to start making these guys not want to be with you and that caused a little riff maybe you have a connection and you do have a connection with dana i'm sure you do um but the issue is is that don't get too big for your britches it doesn't matter who you are because they're gonna end up being like a monty cox where you can't get the best guys because they're like no if you got if you sign with them no you can't get in the ufc that's it you know to, but to, to touch back on the aerial thing, I think really he just needs to, I think regardless, if you have that many top guys, develop a page, a website page or YouTube channel where people go to strictly for interviews with your guys. And if you want, <clears throat> only do your select interviews with the people that you choose that are journalists that you approve. That's the thing. And then whoever wants to come to that website and steal whatever that was said from there, go right ahead but you've already had a chance to look over all the footage. You've already had a chance to look over all the questions in the interview and just do it that way, just to to make sure that your fighters are
0: taken care of and their images are taken care of. But you're sitting there and you're saying you can do it that way, and you can't. But that platform will never be as big as ESPN. All right, so when you're doing the interview for ESPN and you have Ariel Hawani there and you say, I don't want to interview with Ariel Hawani. Well, there's other guys. There's Brett Okamoto. Okay. So, yeah, so I, love, do I the, love Brett. Do the interview with Brett. That's fine. But you want that platform of ESPN because that brings eyeballs. It gets attention and it's going to go a lot further than anything that you do as an entity unto itself, as his manager. Yeah. So, yeah. Got to be smart.
1: I got the feeling, though, that he's like, I'm not doing anything with ESPN until. Ariel is gone. That's kind of the vibe. I'm not sure if I read that right or what, but that's kind of the vibe I got. It doesn't make sense given that ESPN, like you said, is the biggest platform. But yeah, I, I, I do got to tell you, with the, all the talented guys that he has and just the, if they are f- putting their interviews out, like, look, it could be, what, 25, 30 million uh, followers on social media. I mean, that's not even counting, like Gasolom and Gechi and all these other guys. Like, they could blow up pretty damn fast pretty damn quick now sure ESPN's big you know in the states and you know and they're, they, they are they are around the world but I just don't know if they're at the levels of where these all these fighters are from that can reach you know what I mean like that's the thing I think he can build I wouldn't say it'll be as big as ESPN in a year or two but it's going to take some time but I think he can do it with the people that he has right now I think he can do it and that's the thing well,
0: like you're saying if you do it smart and you have all of them with all of their social media, putting it out and everything, you, you could get a lot of traction with it. It's a good question, but you know, it's a matter of the whole thing with Ariel, you know, people are going to like Ariel. People are not, I've had my issues with Ariel, but I think everybody has, you know, and that's, you know, it's, I don't blame him for him. I'm not mad at him at all. Just, you know, he's a reporter and he's gonna have to put out whatever you know yeah he thinks is gonna be the right thing for him to move forward and sell so well i've said this
1: i've said this for years i can disagree with you and still like you and get along. oh absolutely you You know and that's what i think like we live in this era now where people are like oh we don't have the same views so screw you i want to ruin your life and it's just garbage man it's just complete garbage and so it's like, yeah, like I said, I, I haven't really ever liked any of the interviews that I've done with Ariel or anything like that. Or we've had some beefs along the way. But every time I see him, I say hi, treat him with a little respect. I kind of poke a little bit at him because that's what I do, you know, and, uh, you know, and and I move on. And that's kind of what it is, you know, and don't talk to him until the next time I see him at a show. I don't have any hard feelings toward him and I, it doesn't really bother me. Like now, I mean, living the, the, the way that I live now, like, you know, being an analyst and a commentator now. It's different, different than how I looked at him as an athlete and as a fighter. But as a manager, which I've never been, um, I can see why Ali's frustration is frustration is where it is with him. I've I've lived it had, as a fighter.
0: Do you know what the thing is that pushed Ali over the edges? The, that's it. Nothing with you. What was it? It was um he
1: suggested that oh, who fights who is next that Justin Gate was it Justin Gagey? No, he suggested that somebody else fight his guy for the... Oh, Burns, because I think Burns is his guy. Gilbert Burns? I think Gilbert Burns yeah. is his guy. So he said... He suggested that Gilbert Burns fight... Uh, what? Somebody somebody else. Who on? Who else? There's another guy. A, a, another welterweight instead of fighting Usman. Give Usman time to rest. I think that... I think that um, Gilbert Burns should fight somebody else, and him and him and DC were talking about it on their show together. Leon and Edwards, S- Leon, you know, he said, I think he Leon said, Edwards? yeah, he told him to fight somebody else. That's Whether, not a good fight for Gilbert. No, should not do that. <laughs> that was Ali, no, but that was Ariel suggesting that, and that yeah, pissed Ali good. off. Well, I can understand why Ali
0: was pissed. It's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, as it, it's so funny because you, know, you have there are good managers and there's bad managers. You know, but a manager is supposed to, supposed to look at the opponent and have an idea: Is this a good matchup for my fighter? Right. Is this something that we can move forward with? It's not that not that my guy can't lose; he can lose, but is it uh, percentage wise? It's seventy five percent. My guy's gonna lose. Yeah, you know that. That's when a manager should be saying, "That's uh, you know what? We don't want that fight." You can make any excuse you want. But that's your job, is to keep your fighter from fighting that guy if it's likely that he's probably going to lose to him. Matchups are everything in this sport.
1: Well, Ali went on, I I think it was Leon. I think Ali went on to say, it was Leon. Ali went on to say, well, Gilbert's already beat both the guys that um, Leon's lost to. And so now there's Usman. That's all that's in front of him. So it was kind of like, and now he's going to, like, why would he get a title shot against Usman when he's already lost to Usman and Gilbert hasn't lost to Usman? So that's why they should fight over Leon. And he said, well, he should fight that fight. And da, da. and I understand where Ali is coming from, but I also understand why sure. Ariel is possibly thinking that. But look, Dana's, I don't even understand why it was a topic. Dana, Dana's already said that Gilbert's getting the next title shot. Yeah. You know, so that, that's stirring the pot for no reason. And I can imagine there's probably no love lost between the two of them over the last say four or five years, especially now that all become the manager that he's become, and uh all he can get into the building anytime he wants when Ariel cannot so that kind of probably rubs Ariel a little bit raw, you know um it is what it is i i i just i thought it was i thought it was a little bit brash to say like oh e s p n you're out, but I also thought. This could potentially lead into something right if he does it right or if he wants to put money into doing it right. You yeah. Know? Just an idea.
0: Yeah. It, it is an idea and it's a way of controlling what goes out. Yeah. And controlling that
2: is always a good thing. Very true.
0: You look like you have something to say, podcast, Dave.
1: Okay. Is there any other news? Do you see any news on there? So for tonight? Um,
2: Bellator announced uh, Chandler and Benson. Oh, when is that? August 7th. August oh. 7th. Wow. That sounds quick.
0: <clears throat> Chandler versus Benson twice. But the question is is it a
1: three round fight or is it a five round fight? No, I think it's a three round fight because neither they, one of them are champions.
0: I know. Should yeah. be a five
1: round fight. Neither one of them is champions.
2: And then, and then it's Pico and um, what's his name? Uh, somebody Jr. Uh, sorry, I just. Who's Pico
0: fitting this weekend? Or next week? Pico's fighting Solo Hatley. Solo yeah. Hatley. <laughs> he says. Solo Hatley Jr. He's,
1: yeah, that card. That card's gonna be a good card. uh It's that down. Is. It's downsized. You know, um with all the restrictions going on. But that fight is next week, Friday night, <clears throat> on Paramount Network. You guys can tune in. We will be in uh Connecticut at Mohegan Sun. So yep. John and I will be calling the fights. I don't know if we're gonna yes, be six sir, feet we apart. Will. Are we gonna be six feet apart? I don't know. I hope not um yeah you have to this is really strange you're gonna go in the inner you're gonna go into the cage and do the interviews but you're gonna do it from six feet away <laughs>
0: i know like so so
2: <laughs> no
1: it's
0: gonna be great whatever
1: i'm excited to see the whole crew the whole production team again and uh you know, and um get
0: through this, man. We'll be Just doing shows. Start doing fights again.
1: Start doing fights again. Yeah. Stuff
0: to talk about.
1: Yeah, we have our schedule set, I think, all the way through like September twenty something, I think already. So should be good, should be fun. And uh we'll see you again on Saturday night.
0: That's we have about more it. fights
1: on Saturday night and I'll fights see-
0: Saturday. Are you going on Sunday or are you going Monday? I am not going Sunday or Monday. In fact, I talked to Fish today. Okay. And he said that I could actually go in Tuesday. I'm going to, I am driving. Oh, up, God. So no. I'm going to drive Tuesday and be up there Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday early morning. God. Do it. the COVID test, do all that crap, the quarant- your- do boxes. the quarantine. Quarantine till the fight. Quarantine, nah, not till the fight. What
1: are you talking about? <clears throat> well, you're one in the cage. You got to do the double quarantine <clears throat> test. Remember that? no
0: no no, no. Oh, if yeah. i do it this way i only have to do the one
1: ah oh, very being nice
0: tested twice have
1: you got your kit yet no i haven't got mine yet either they said tomorrow have, have you have you gotten an, a fedex thing no i haven't neither <clears> have <throat> i no no so i'm assuming they're going to send it out tomorrow morning so
0: we then. might not be going at all that's <laughs> yeah the way
1: I look at it oh uh, we'll let jay and chayle call the fights
0: oh <laughs> yeah, that's good buddy.
1: um wh- what fights are this weekend
0: Let's, oh you let's got the play. rematch of uh, federigo against benavides benavides yeah that's not a good
1: fight. yeah that's see not... i just simply think it's gonna i i without the headbutt i think it's gonna happen again i think it's uh, the... not it's not gonna happen that way but i just don't think the fight's gonna go joe's way as much as i want joe to win a title and as much as i like joe and as much as i would love to see him finally achieve that goal i just don't think it's gonna happen i think the time's passed. I think it's passed. He is very unfortunate. He got stuck with DJ in his weight class, and then Henry came up right after him. You know, for his whole career, this it's that. Time. Well, he's got you know he's got to win against Henry. Yeah, I know that. I do understand that. But if at the the level that Henry was fighting at the end, yep. he, at one twenty five after he beat DJ, he wasn't going to beat him. You know, nope. and so they're they're the UFC is trying to give him to make sure to give him another chance, give him an opportunity to win that title again. It's just not going to happen, man. Nope. And I would love I, I to agree see him you. do it. I would love to see him do it. But I'm a big fan. Um, uh, what? Who else is on that card?
2: Uh, Gaslam and uh, Jack Hermanson.
1: So I'm not familiar with Hermanson. I've seen him fight one or two times. Good. Going to beat Gaslam?
0: No. He's got power though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that, that's you know I I look at Kelvin Gaslam as my MMA Roberto Durant. All right. He fights in a way similar. He's got the same kind of you know, look. He's just tough as hell. He's got heavy hands. Uh, Hermanson is Hermanson. I, I say Hermanson. He's uh, a tough guy. Got a lot of power. A lot of power. But I don't think he's going to put Kelvin away. And if there was one thing that I thought Kelvin. You know, Kelvin is good on the ground. And his wrestling is actually good when he uses it. The question is, will he use it? If he decides to change things up and utilize at least the thought of the takedowns, it's going to slow Hermanson down quite a bit in his stand-up. And if he does take him to the ground, I think it's uh, an advantage that he has that is clear in the fight. So, you know, just a matter of how, how smart of a game plan does Kelvin have, he's with smart people. You know who is you know coaches and Rafael cadero and stuff and if they you know do 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 things the way they always do and look at this fight the right way they had there, there should be a clear route to wh- what you want your guy to do
1: not many people have the conditioning that gaslam has like he's so just active and busy and the output is there and He's just gritty. Tough and to that, deal with. Yeah, it's really tough to deal with. That junkyard dog mentality of just pressure you, pressure you, and and just keep touching you and touching you. I mean, we saw in the Izzy fight, he just keeps going and just keeps going. It was just an absolute fucking dog, and I love it. I love watching him fight. You saw how much damage
0: <sighs> he took in that fight and kept coming. Yep. Until it finally wore out. Yeah. yeah. He's- he he's, he's awesome. my
1: he's my perfect advocate for the 175 pound weight class oh exactly you know
0: like if you're gonna he fits into that class yep. so perfect yep you know 1 170 he can't make that he just you know he likes eating his food and being yep. a certain way and 185 it's just his frame yeah you know look look at when he's fighting you know is he is he six foot four yeah gasoline is five foot ten.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but can you imagine watching Gaslam though, fight, um, what's his name? God, the guy that just, the guy that beat Romero, had shoulder surgery, was it shoulder surgery? Costa. Oh. Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa? Yeah, but can you imagine him fighting him? Like, like that guy's enormous, walks around 230. Yeah. I mean, that's just fucking crazy to think. Like, you got Gaslam probably, like, walking around, eh, maybe 200, (laughs) you know? Maybe two hundred, um, you know. But he's my perfect advocate for the for the one seventy five pound division, and I'd love to see him and Usman fight. They're both managed by Ali, by the way. But I'd still like to see that fight happen. What other yeah. uh, what other fights on there?
2: Um, Mark Diaz and versus Raphael Fiziev. Hmm, not familiar.
1: Gotta take a look. Who else? That's
2: it. Uh, Mark, that's is, Mark is from England. Luana Carolina.
1: Dice. What's his name? The.
2: Dic- Diakis.
1: Um,
2: Diakis or Diakis? How do you say his name? He's, a lot of times he has a, a red, red mohawk. The
1: red. Yeah, Mohawk. Yeah. yeah. Um, da, it's not Daisuke. um <laughs> it's,
0: no, it's not. It's, um, I just didn't want to butcher that.
1: Yeah, thing. yeah. I just, I, I got it. I just said his name the other day. I Mark. No, Mark. Just stick
0: with Mark. You just stick with Mark. <laughs> you
1: guys, if you guys ever listen to us commentate and I'm using someone's first name, it's because I can't say their last name. Well, <laughs> I can't not, say it
0: correctly. Yeah. I can say it my way, which yeah. is
1: usually not it's right. It's not usually right. So I just want to let you guys know. If you guys hear me say someone's first name, it's because I don't want to butcher their last name on national television. Um. All right. Well, I guess that's it, buddy. We'll see you on all Saturday. Right, and then after I see you on Saturday, I'll see you in a couple days after that
0: yeah baby that'll be good that'll be awesome
1: i can't wait i can't wait to get back on track man. Jeez. all right guys well hey thanks for tuning in um hit the subscribe button thumbs up on youtube and we thank you guys so much pro dot slash weighing in and they have all of our uh t-shirts there we have a new logo t-shirt up as well as our old logo t-shirt and uh we appreciate you That's guys doing then we that? gotta say thank you
0: thank oh. you to luke
2: yeah Let's say
0: thank you to luke for that luke did a great job and it's what What's the Fletch? I'm sorry. Uh,
2: is, it is it Fletch? It's the Fletch? Is it? Is it? Is it? it is it? Is it, I-T. Is it well, is it I-G- really the Fletch? I- is it Fletch? Is yeah. it Fletch? On Instagram.
1: Yeah, so follow on him Instagram. on Instagram. You, he's, he helped do the artwork for our the new intro. A great artist. For our new intro, as well as the, uh, the design for sure. the new t-shirt that's up. And uh, he's working on some new stuff as well, from what we understand. And we want to thank you uh, for putting in the hard work, and we appreciate you. Uh, for doing it. It's the Fletch. Check him out on Instagram. Check out his work. And uh is hope it you guys, Fletch. No. Is it Fletch? Sorry. <laughs> is it it's, Fletch?
0: Is it Fletch? Is it Fletch? Uh, I thank you, that.
1: Luke. Thanks guys. All right, man. Bye. We're out of here. Bye.